Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Shamelessly Unapologetic with me, your host, Alana Pinsky. So we are kicking off with our first guest of season two. We have the one and only Miss Jen Lorne of the Dare to Self Care podcast. And she's also a YouTuber who does a lot of videos on lifestyle vlogs in New York City, productivity, and other methods of self-care and workout classes. So funny enough, I actually did a YouTube boot camp with Jen and that is how I first met her and how we became acquainted with one another and we have been following each other's journeys since we first started the boot camp and learning how to improve our YouTube channels together. It was such a delight having her on my show. I mean I listen to her podcast all the time just because I'm all about self-care and I knew that I had to have her on this show. So this was a really fun conversation between the two of us, opening up more about like how we practice self-care, what that means to us. We talked a little bit more about our journeys going through self-care, finding what works for us, setting boundaries within the, the workplace, and other things that we do to help us cope through really difficult days. I had her on this show because I believe that self-care is something that should be in everyone's routine. I think there's a huge importance to practicing self-care and you should never be sorry for setting boundaries for yourself and to others saying, I need to take a step back. I need to focus on me and my mental health. So I'm able to become a better human. And what way to do that than to practice self-care? So that is exactly why I wanted her on this show because I fully believe in the importance of taking care of yourself in ways that will help you function to be a better person and to unapologetically live your best bold life. So I really hope that you enjoy this episode. I think you'll get a lot out of it. I mean, she says a lot of insightful things regarding things that she's done to better herself in terms of self-care. And it was just overall a really insightful and positive conversation. And I think you guys will really enjoy this episode. So before we get into that, just wanted to come on and just share like how my week has been. I've been recovering from chin surgery and I'm looking so much better than I was last week. And being able to enjoy a weekend where I was able to relax and recover more and not worry about content and just focusing on healing was some of the best self-care that I experienced post-surgery. So that's like a tip that I have for anyone who's getting liposuction of any kind. But I have definitely been struggling with work and I'm pretty soon I may actually be leaving my company just because I typically just don't like cultures where people are going to not find the value in confrontation. I will talk about that probably in another episode, but for now, I just want to say like work's hard and sometimes you just simply reach a breaking point and 
it's really important that you take a step back and say, you know what, I don't owe my employer anything. I don't owe them my mental health. I don't owe them my time. So if you feel like you're in a really bad situation, I really advise you to take a step back and reflect and think about what those next steps are going to be. So that's just kind of catching you up with what's going on with me. But for now, that's a conversation for another time. So with that being said, let's jump into this really awesome episode with Miss Jen Lauren. Hi, Jen. Thank you so much for being here on Shamelessly Unapologetic. Welcome, and how are you doing today? Of course. Thank you for having me. I'm doing okay. I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed, if we're being honest. Just Yeah. It really ebbs and flows. Some weeks I'm feeling on top of the world. Some weeks I'm feeling super stressed. It's one of those weeks. But other than that, in general, I'm doing great. How are you? (laughs) I'm also doing well. It's pretty early for me in Portland, Oregon. It's like 7-11 in the morning. So I'm I'm just really surprised. Yeah, I know. I'm just really surprised with how much energy I have at the moment because this is typically not normal. But thank God for coffee, right? That means you're doing something that lights you up. That's a good thing. That is very true. Yes, I absolutely love all my content. But (laughs) yeah, so for those who are listening, uh, this is Jen Lauren, and I am actually going to let her introduce herself because I don't want to take away from the spotlight. So Jen, I'd love to hear um, a little bit about yourself so more people listening can learn a little bit more about you and what you're about. Yes. So I'm Jen. Thank you for having me again. I have a YouTube channel where I focus on self-care. I'm reviewing workout classes, all things really self-care and productivity and living in New York City. And then I also have a podcast called Dare to Self-Care. Bring on wellness professionals, entrepreneurs, and talk about all things self-care and wellness journey. Um, Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. And then I, I have multiple streams of income, which I definitely talk to a lot because I don't believe in just having to either quit your job or not quit your job and be miserable. So I also work at a workout studio and I also still do PR for health and wellness clients part-time and I work for Shelby Church, a YouTuber. So I'm I'm really doing a bunch of things. <laughs> That's so cool. I freaking love Shelby Church. She is She's great. She's probably one of my favorite lifestyle YouTubers. Just the content that she makes is just so fascinating. Yeah. And it's just so different compared to what everyone else is doing. So that is a really, really cool thing. 100%. And I think that's why I wanted (coughs) to reach out to her because she's not just, you know, posting vlogs every day. She's doing really inspired, unique, almost documentary style content. So I feel like there's so much to learn from her and I've already learned so much. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you got into that, but we can talk a little bit more about that later. So one thing that I want to start asking my guests um, on Shamelessly Unapologetic, because this whole podcast is about being unapologetically you. And so my question that I have for you is, what's the biggest thing that you are mostly unapologetic about? That's a good question. Mostly unapologetic about? I would just say putting myself out there 
even if it makes people uncomfortable or feel the need to judge or feel envious that maybe they don't have the confidence to put themselves out there yet, I'm unapologetically going on every platform I can, getting my name out there, putting anything I want to put on my own YouTube channel out there without thinking about how anyone else is going to judge me or think of me. So yeah, that's what I'd go with for that. I love that. And I love that you talked about how putting yourself out there is like really important because there are still so many people who don't know how to do that. They're still too scared. And like, that's kind of like the whole purpose of why I have this podcast along with my YouTube channel too. It's about helping people open up and live their best bold lives so they can put themselves out there so they can understand that it's okay to do that. And yeah, you may get judged, but the purpose is to not give a fuck about that judgment and to just go for it. Yeah. And I actually, it reminds me because I, I was scrolling on Instagram this morning and there was a graphic that was the top three things that people think about when they're dying or the top three regrets. And one of them was worrying, like living life for other people. So not doing what you want to do because you're just trying to abide by what everyone else thinks you should do. And I never want to think that I want to think at the end of my life that I did exactly what I wanted to do. And then you find your real people because the people who support you through that, no matter what, those are going to be your people and you want fulfilling true relationships. Like, why are you just going to, you know, not put yourself out there because you're scared that your friend might judge you. That's not a real friend. So right. something I loved about when I started my YouTube channel was I really saw who was so over and beyond supportive of me. And I was like, those are my people. And I've remained close with them since. So I think just doing living life for you, it gives you an opportunity to find your people and to really find your voice. Yes. Oh my God. And I can really resonate with that so much. I used to be such a big people pleaser, especially when I was in like middle school and high school, because that's where I got bullied a ton. And so I always felt like I had to do everything to fit in. But the problem was, is I didn't know how to do that. I was so unique and true to myself. And really, I think people were very threatened by that. And they probably wished that they could have been like opinionated or different or just out of the box like I was. And I think it took me until maybe like college when I realized, fuck these people, be different, be who you are. And I definitely want to kick myself for ever trying to be normal, whatever that's supposed to mean. And I'm just so glad that I never had to like, change who I was to appease to different people's comfort levels because I would have really regretted that in the moment and yeah and that's just like why I like started this podcast to begin with was to be like I'm gonna say whatever the fuck I want to say and if people have a problem with it then that's okay they're not my people but there are people who do listen and those are my people just like you mentioned same thing with your friends like the supportive ones are gonna love what you do and the ones who don't support you are probably not your friends Yeah. And I hate being that person that's like, live with no regrets. But honestly, I, because I had the same experience as you in middle school, like I was just trying to fit in, trying to conform, like trying not to get bullied. And I think I needed those years 
where I wasn't living my true self to now be able to compare the two and be like, this feels so much better and be that much more confident in it. So I do think like you learn something from every single experience. And absolutely. I was on a podcast the other day and they were like, what would you tell your younger self? And I was like, I mean, I would say just be true to you, do what you want to do and like live your true life. But I think I needed those years to not do what I wanted to do to now be able to fully embrace it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, as cliche as it sounds, yes, that's what we want, but it takes a while to kind of figure that out. Like, how do we get there? And it's all a big learning curve. And that is basically like how it shapes you to who you are today. So I, I love that answer so much and I completely resonate with that. So um, I kind of wanted to like move into a different subject. So let's talk about your podcast. Um, So I'm sort of like in this similar boat for my own content, but I noticed like when um, you came out with Dare to Self Care, it's a lot different than your YouTube channel. And I know earlier you mentioned that you do focus a lot on like self-care on your YouTube channel. But I think when I first started watching you on YouTube, you were doing a lot of like life in New York City, it was a lot of workout classes. And I noticed you definitely shifted your content a little bit to more like productivity vlogs, which I love because I struggle with productivity. Mm-hmm. So I was curious to know what inspired you to start the podcast mostly on self-care when your YouTube channel was more like wellness focused and productivity focused while still sprinkling those self-care topics in there. So I'm just curious to know like how you were able to like shift more of that self-care stuff separately to what you were doing before, if that makes sense. Well, so for me personally, what self-care means is doing what lights you up and taking care of you. Mm -hmm. And for me, that is what I'm posting on YouTube. That is the wellness. My workout classes is my personal self-care. Being productive makes me feel good. Like all of that does fall within self-care in my opinion. So I was, my point in starting the podcast was bringing other people into that conversation. So I was just brainstorming words that encompass the content of, I wanted to talk to entrepreneurs and wellness experts about self-care and mental health and fitness and all of the things that I really do think that I talk cover on my YouTube channel. So self-care just felt like a good word to encompass all of that as like an overarching umbrella for me. And my favorite quote is dare to self. I'm sorry. My favorite quote is dare to be different. Mm -hmm. And I just combined, I realized that like the first half of that quote rhymed with self-care, which is a word that I felt really would encapsulate like the larger picture of everything I wanted to talk about, because it is for me, I think self-care is misinterpreted as like a face mask or a bubble bath and like a quick fix. And for me, self-care is like a way of life, taking care of myself. And like I mentioned, all of the things that I cover on my YouTube channel, it's like taking care of myself, even travel. When I post a travel vlog, like travel is self-care to me. Travel is a place where I get to observe myself in a new experience, a new atmosphere. There's always a sense of growth. My boyfriend and I are always at the end of every trip, like reflecting on the growth that we had or the new, you know, perspective on life or whatever it might be. So all in all to say, I felt that self-care was a good overarching term for all of it. So I can bring on anyone from wellness experts to entrepreneurs to talking about productivity, to talking about meditation. So that's, that's like where the name, I guess, and the, the subject came in. 
Okay. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I like how you defined what self-care means to you, because I think that's really important because I agree that self-care isn't just about like face masks and bubble baths, because I feel like that's what a lot of people think about when it comes to self-care. Some people might even think that like exercise is another thing, but I think it's definitely very broad and subjective to people. And I think what is important is what's making you happy, what's going to be fulfilling for you. And I am the kind of person who really values self-care. And that's why I really like your podcast a ton because there are so many cool topics that you go into that I would never like even think to consider as self-care, but then when you and your guests will go ahead and dive more into it, I'm like, oh, you know what? That makes really good sense. Like I would have never thought of that. I know you've talked a lot about like Kundalini work and that that whole breath work stuff. And that was something that I had no idea even existed until I started listening to you. And I've tried incorporating it a little bit into like when I do some stretches and it's it's really, really um, relaxing and definitely kind of helps with my anxiety because that is something that I really struggle with a ton. What's great is I also wouldn't have found Kundalini without my podcast. Like I'm learning alongside you guys as I'm searching for new self-care tips and new practices, new wellness rituals, new people to bring onto the podcast. I'm discovering these new forms of mindfulness, of nutrition, of health and wellness. And I even had someone on that spoke all about Ayurveda. And if I hadn't been doing research for my podcast and finding guests, I would have never known what Ayurveda even is. So I, the main goal of also asking at the top of every episode, what is your top self-care tip is to show that every single person has a different form of self-care that works for them. Mm -hmm. And there's so much more than, you know, the typical things that we all know of, like I said, a, a bath or a face mask that can really help you just live your life happier or with more ease. And it's really, for me, all about finding the tools in your toolbox to be able to cope with hard times, to be able to cope with anxiety, like you were saying, to find those tools that you can turn to. Like I was saying earlier today, I'm having a hard day. I don't know why. Like we're girls. I don't know. I'm just having one of those days where I'm just not feeling 100% the imposter syndrome's coming in, all Mm -hmm. of those kinds of things. And I feel good knowing because I try out so many different things, I figured out what works for me. And I have Kundalini as my meditation to turn to. I know what podcasts make me inspired. I know that once I have therapy tomorrow, like I have therapy in place and I will probably feel better after that. I know I can go journal. Like I know the tools in my toolbox that help me during these times when I really need something. But I wouldn't have known that if I didn't try out all of these things or most of these things that people come on to my podcast and say work for them. Yeah. And it's funny. I feel like you kind of answered the next question I was going to ask you, but it was going to be like, what would you say is your all time favorite method of self-care? Oh, okay. Definitely breath work because I feel whether it's Wim Hof or Kundalini, I always feel like a physical chemical shift. And sometimes you aren't mentally strong enough to shift your entire mentality, but to do something that changes your physical state really helps me. So that and workout classes. So I noticed that my strongest forms of self-care that will really shift my mentality or change my entire day around 
it's always something that causes like scientifically a physical shift in my body because Mm -hmm. you can't always control how you're feeling. You can't always control your emotions. You can't force yourself to put a smile on your face, but if you can change the pace of your breath and your heart rate and get some endorphins going, like those are things that always 100% work for me, even if it's not 100% my entire day is turned around. It always helps at least a bit, both of those things. So I would definitely say both movement, like workout classes specifically. I always say workout classes specifically because I'm off my phone. I'm feeling the energy of everyone around me and I show up for an efficient guaranteed sweat where I don't have to plan a thing. So I just show up, there's music, there's inspiration. If the instructor's great, there's like motivational talk and my phone is nowhere in sight and I know I'm going to leave there feeling better. So that's why, although expensive for a lot of people, workout classes is my form of self-care. And that's why I'm always talking about how to get free classes because there are ways to do it in a financially responsible way. Because we have partners with all of these classes, so I'm able to take them all for free. So it's like, there are things you can do if you need to prioritize something and maybe can't afford it. Yeah. You could always get a job and figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, I had a quick question. You mentioned Kundalini breathwork, and then there was another one, which I'm already forgetting. But could you explain the difference between the two for those who are listening and for those who may not know what those are? Yes. So Wim Hof is, he was actually on, I don't know if you watched the Goop documentary series on Netflix, but he was the Iceman. So he's called Iceman and he talks about cold therapy. So like cold showers and breath work. So he has an app called Wim Hof and it's called interactive breathing. And you breathe deeply in and out for 30 rounds. Then you hold your breath for as long as possible And then you take another deep breath in and hold for 15 seconds. So I use the app. So I just follow that breath work on the app. And then Kundalini is a completely separate spiritual meditative practice. The reason I love Kundalini is really all my forms of self-care, as I just mentioned with the workout classes, even it's all about efficiency for me. So like my five minute journal, I get my gratitude in my productivity, my affirmation, my reflection, I get that all in in under two minutes. So I'm all about efficiency while also prioritizing self-care and mindfulness. So for me, why I felt with Kundalini was it's breath work, but it's also meditation, but it's also mantra, but it's also movement, but it's also manifestation. So it's really one of those things you can't quite understand until you try it, but at the basis and of the core, I would say it's breath work, but there's, as opposed to Wim Hof where it's one breath work round. Um, this is like, it's almost like a guided meditation situation where you can click on a bunch of different types of Kundalini breath work. So I follow Erica from Evolve by Erica. I'm a member of her program and I can click on common center. I can click on, I need energy, whatever it is. And there's a breath work for that. So it could either be like breathing through one nostril and out the other. It could be quick, rapid fire breaths. Like it really just depends on the, like there's so many different types of it. Um, and a lot of the time there's movement involved. So it'll be like holding your arms above your head for the entire breath work. And the point of that is to push through the discomfort here so that in life, when you have to push through discomfort, you can do it there. So there's really so many different parts of it. There's like visualization. It's just, 
it's so much in one that you really just have to try out a bunch of different meditations yeah. and kundalini to really grasp it. But that's why I love it because I feel like I'm getting so much in at once. Yeah, no, that that's awesome. And it's awesome that you mentioned that you practice like affirmations in gratitude because that's actually how I pretty much start my day. I haven't done it this morning just because it's still kind of early for me here where I am, but probably once we get off, I'll, I'll start doing my manifestation. So I got into journaling probably towards the end of 2021, but for me, I've always like had a big spiritual side to me. I've always been into like the metaphysical realm, like crystals, tarot, and being able to find healing within affirmations and practicing gratitude. So one thing that I wanted to do for myself was to manifest more. And for the past few years, I've made, uh, what is it? Vision boards. And that's been like my all time way to manifest things in my life. And I've been very successful with that. And I've made two videos on my YouTube channel talking about like, this was the vision board that I made a year ago. What came true? Like what happened and what didn't happen? And it's really cool to like go back a year later and see what you accomplished within that whole year. And it's very awesome to know that like it works. Of course, like it's just a tool that you use to support yourself. And it's like a way to hold yourself accountable to get that stuff done. But then when you get it done and you see how much you've accomplished, oh my God, just what a feeling. And so then what I wanted to do is on top of my vision boards, I wanted to start getting into the manifestation journals. So it's interesting. One of my old companies gave me like a notebook, one of those, um, what is it? The, the dotted notebooks and bullet journal. I, yes. A bullet journal. Thank you. <laughs> I got a bullet journal as company swag from an old company that I worked at and I hadn't written it. And I said, you know what, this can be my manifestation journal. So every single morning I do something called a three by three exercise. Do you know what that is? No. So basically you write three things that you're grateful for, for that day. Then you write another three things of what would make today great. And then the other remaining three things are affirmations. Oh, and that's then, the five minute journal. I do that every morning. Yeah, exactly. It's a okay. five minute journal. I call it the three by three exercise. Got it. It's three things of three different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then I will do a daily tarot pool every morning and I will draw one tarot card. So whatever tarot card that I'm shuffling and it just flies out of the deck, that's what I use. I interpret it that the energy is saying, this is what you need to know for this day. And I'll look at the card. I'll look at the pictures and think to myself, is there something I need to know for this day? Do I need to be aware of something? Is it going to predict something that's going to happen today? And so I'll interpret it and then I'll maybe go back and look at the true meaning of the card to get some more depth to it. And then I will pick a crystal that kind of matches that what that card is about. And then I'll do some chakra work with that as like my way of crystal healing. And then I place it on the card and then I close my journal and I get started with my day. Oh, and I also do a sage cleanse before I do my journaling as well. I really like just I'm smudging myself with sage every morning I love how it smells and I just feel like it releases like any kind of energy from the day before. And that's kind of helped me. And it's a newer form of self-care for me, but I just noticed that it just makes my days feel more complete. I'm not as consistent with it over the weekend, but before work or during my workday, you bet I'll be doing it because 
recruiting right now is a very stressful time because it's such a candidate market right now. And so for me, that is something that kind of keeps my day sane or keeps myself sane during the day is what I meant. So that's been like a new form of self-care for me that I discovered later on in 2021. But working out has also been like a really big thing for me as well. Unfortunately, my mental health has been suffering the past month and a half. I have not been in a gym in a month and a half. So I'm hoping like once I get my surgery done. So I'm getting plastic surgery on Friday for my chin. So after I'm recovered from that, I will probably be ready to kind of get back into it again. And I'm on medication and I also go to therapy. I go to therapy once a month. And I like that you mentioned that therapy has been another way of self care for you. I used to do it every week, especially during the pandemic. And then as things started to kind of settle and get better for me, I realized like, I only need this once a month. Now I don't need it every single week. So having it once a month really helps me. Yeah. I, I like that you mentioned that your form of self-care is like the crystals and the tarot reading and the sage smudging, because none of that is what I do or what I resonate with. And that's like the exact point of my podcast is that every single person has something that works for them. Yeah. And that doesn't resonate with me, but I wish it did. Like it's okay. It's so enjoyable. And like, I absolutely love the process of all that, but it doesn't physically connect with me. And I just love that you have to try it. Like you can't, you don't know unless you try any of these things. So Yeah, absolutely. And that's totally okay if it doesn't resonate. Because like you said, everyone does things differently. And I think it's all about being open to just like listening and hearing what other people do, because it's really cool to see how people try to heal themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. So I was curious to know a little bit more about your own self-care journey and how long did it take for you to find something that you really enjoy? I know you kind of mentioned like what your main methods are, but what were the steps that you took to get there? Like, when did you realize I need to get better at this? I need to focus more on myself so I can heal and be a better person. Up and there goes my cat. (laughs) (laughs) Well, first of all, I'm always searching for new tools in my toolbox. I think some expire. I think sometimes you, you need the motivation of something new. That's really exciting to you to keep you going. So I'm really always, especially with my podcast, like anytime someone mentions something that they do, or if I have an expert on who offers their own service, like I'm having a Reiki healer on in a few days, like, Oh my God, can't wait to try that out. So I, I think it's always important when something speaks to you or something piques your interest, try it out because there might be a reason that you initially like had a connection or, or a desire to try that out. Um, so that's first of all, I'm, it's always changing. It's always evolving. And I'm always open to trying new things out that could be even better for me. But where it started really was I always, without realizing it, I'd say the first thing I ever did was the workout classes. So I was in a pretty, before the pandemic, I was in PR in like a pretty toxic environment, like Mm -hmm. long hours, red carpet events, like sounds glamorous, but was pretty toxic. And the only, and I knew I would be at work till like 10 PM every night. So hell no. Yeah. So for (laughs) me, it was like before I left to go to the office until late at night to then go home and like order food because I didn't have time to cook. And I was just feeling like crap about myself. The only 
time for me in the day felt like right before work going to a workout class. So I didn't even realize why I was doing it or that I was forming a morning routine. I just remember always saying like, I need to know I did something for myself before I'm at this desk for other people for the rest of my day. So that's how that started. And now it's definitely evolved into just needing that morning time. Like I now understand why that was so important to me because I need to do something for me at the beginning of the day before I'm just giving all day and giving my energy to everyone else. So that was like, yeah. So that was the start of it. Like just, I'd say the morning routine and then the pandemic hit along with some tragedies in my personal life. And my anxiety was just at an all-time high, moving back in with my parents for the first time in years while everyone's in this heightened state of anxiety due to the pandemic and other, you know, personal tragedies. And it was just, I was trying to help other people so much and fix other people and, and like be there for other people that my mental health was, I was ignoring my own mental health and my own struggles and I mean, literally I was like FaceTiming my boyfriend hysterically crying while he's like playing poker, living his best life. I'm like, something's wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I, I don't know between that and wanting to recommit to YouTube as a creative outlet. And as I finally had the time living at home to dedicate the time I wanted to be consistent finally with YouTube, I just used it as an opportunity to try out different wellness practices on YouTube. So Wim Hof, like I mentioned, that breath work, I tried it for 30 days for a YouTube video because I knew that he was just on Goop, he was trending, and it sounded like a good video idea. So I tried it for 30 days, and now I still, I mean, I did it this morning. I still bring it back when I'm having an IBS flare-up or I just need, like, something to calm my system down. So that's really how the journey started. It was just, like, I want to be consistent on YouTube, and I also really need tools because I'm not okay right now. So let's try these things out for YouTube. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And kind of going back to what you said earlier, that it's important to take time for yourself in the beginning of the day before you give the rest of your day to somebody else. So when I was living in San Francisco pre-COVID, I was commuting to an office And there were days when I would go to the gym in the morning because working out was definitely a form of self-care for me, but I was also preparing for one of my bikini competitions, especially in 2019. Oh my God, that was a grind. And so my days were really long. Like I would be waking up at four in the morning just to start my whole morning routine because another form of self-care for me, this might kind of sound silly, but breakfast. I'm the kind of I'm the kind of person who has to eat something in the morning. Otherwise, I'm going to pass out and throw up. (laughs) I don't understand how people tell me, oh, I can't eat breakfast. I'm just like, how? I'm starving first thing in the morning. And if I don't have food in my body, I'm going to feel so weak. And so that's really important for me. So I had to a lot of time to cook breakfast, eat it, feed my cat, brush my teeth, And then I would be out the door. I would have to catch the Muni train, which is like a light rail system in San Francisco. And it would only take me about 15 minutes to commute to the gym that I used to go to in San Francisco. And I would be there for about like an hour and a half doing my lifts, then doing cardio after. Then I would have to shower and get ready. It was a lot. I literally had a day before my day even got started. But I always felt awesome. And I felt really refreshed and more calm before 
going to work and I just let the commute to work be like a relaxing period. Like I just wouldn't talk. I would not even be on my phone really. Part of that also had to do with the fact that I didn't get cell phone service in the tunnel. So that kind of helped, but I would just sit on the train and just relax while I had to go to work. And then I would start my day. And then of course, by like 6 PM, I'm pooped because I started my day technically at like 4, 4.30, depending on when I got out of my bed. So it was a lot, but I agree just like finding time to do something before you start your job. So like now for me, it's interesting how so much has changed because now I don't even want to get up to work out. Like I prefer to now work out after I'm done with work just because I really value my sleep a ton. I love sleeping in. And I think one thing that I've absolutely loved about working from home and having a remote tech recruiting job is the fact that I can sleep in, I can roll out of bed looking like a bum. I mean, I try to like brush my hair at least Mm -hmm. (laughs) or put it up so it doesn't look too terrible, but it's just, it's really nice that I don't have to worry about doing 5 million things at once and allotting all that time for it. I probably just need more like an hour for myself before I start my job. And that's like really important to me. And it's funny because I used to think that I was going to hate working from home. I thought I was going to get stir crazy, have cabin fever because I used to love being in an office because I'm such a big extrovert. I loved interacting with my coworkers. I loved that I was able to get out of my house. And then I realized, oh my God, working from home has drastically improved the quality of my life. It's just so funny how my mind shifted like that. Yeah, absolutely. I think working from home has given a lot of people a better opportunity to be able to go for a walk when they want to go for a walk without having to feel like, oh no, people are seeing me take a break. Like you could take a break without anyone knowing. You can pick up a call while you're on, you could take a call while you're on a walk, which was never a thing during, you know, normal times in the office. So I think it's given us all an opportunity to prioritize our mental health because we're in the privacy of our own homes and we can, mm-hmm. you know, take a five minute meditation break and no one's looking at us like we're crazy because no one knows we're doing it. <laughs> I know that's the beauty of work from home where there has definitely been a couple of days where some days were just not that busy. And sometimes I would just take a nap. I would try to use my lunch break if I wasn't hungry. So I didn't feel too guilty. But I believe like utilize those breaks and gaps in your schedule. Like that's like the beauty of working from home. Like you said, taking a walk. I do schedule 30 minute blocks on my calendar, no more than two, just so it doesn't look suspicious. But those are like buffer blocks. So I can at least have time to go to the bathroom. So I'm not back to back in meetings because I do need some time to like go to the bathroom or maybe get some time to make a snack or maybe mm-hmm. get my mail for a package comes in the middle of the day. Like I can use that to quickly go downstairs and get my package or something like that. So just having those time blocks is really important. And I guess for anyone who's listening and works from home, I really encourage you to schedule maybe one to two 30 minute blocks on your calendar. So you're not back to back. I don't like having no more than like three to four calls back to back because it makes me go insane. Yeah, I can. I think those boundaries are important too. I think even if you're at a corporate job, like I would sometimes put time in my calendar, in my shared calendar that showed that I was in a meeting, even though it was just like, I need no one to schedule anything during this time. So I'm going to make it look like I have a meeting because 
I'm in a meeting with myself and I have, I have control over my own schedule, even though I'm in a corporate job. So I think that's really good advice to just set those boundaries. You're not as passive aggressive as I am. I say, do not schedule over on the block. (laughs) So So I'm more passive aggressive. You're more aggressive. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Yeah. I just like, I just need people to like respect those boundaries. I even have like lunch. Sometimes I'm okay with like a small, tiny 10 to 15 minute meeting being scheduled. Cause I at least like, if you're okay with like me eating, that's fine. And I think that's another thing that's kind of gotten normalized while working yeah. is eating while you're on camera. Yeah. Well, I always just say I'm turning my camera off. Like I, I agree with that too, in terms of boundaries, like I will say I'm going off camera today. Like there's nothing wrong with not showing your face one day. <laughs> yeah. I think next week or like next Monday, depending on what my face looks like, if I still have to be in like a chin wrap, I may have to be camera off. Like yeah. I fully plan on going back to work. And I know the people at my surgery center were saying like, you can go back to work like in the next day or two which is why I purposely scheduled my, my surgery on a Friday. So I had the weekend to recover. So yeah, smart. I wouldn't have to like deal with missing work. Cause I've already taken up a, a couple of days off. So I just like, don't want to take any more days off, even though I do have unlimited PTO, but still like, I feel sort of guilty using it, especially with the fact that my company is like aggressively hiring right now. I just like want to be there for my hiring managers, for my team and for my candidates. So I'm not, keeping them in the dark with anything. But yeah, so it's just, it's important to be able to like set those boundaries, like we mentioned and realizing like, it's okay to have breaks within your work day. It shouldn't just be go, 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 work, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle. Like, I just think that's a really toxic and hurtful mentality. Well, I don't think it helps anyone. I think a lot of bosses hopefully are starting to realize we all win if everyone's doing well at home. I think wellness is number one. And if you're feeling good in your own self, then you'll be able to give your energy to your company or to your clients or whoever and actually do better work when you're focusing on yourself first. Yeah, and there's a lot of data out there now that supports that candidates will not consider moving jobs unless they can fully work remotely. Some of them aren't even open to hybrid. And personally, I don't blame them. I'm no longer open to hybrid. I absolutely do not miss commuting to an office. Hell no. But I would argue some people, I think it depends on your home situation because a lot of people I know also are dying to get out of their apartments, like especially living in New York City. We're in really small homes and I wouldn't even call them homes. We're in small boxes (laughs) and it's really hard not to have that separation from work and home life. And yeah having that walk to work, not when it's freezing, but when it's nice out having a walk to work to listen to a podcast and enjoy the morning then get to work and then be able to come home and enjoy your time at home. There is something really nice about that too. So yeah, I mean, if I was joining the nine to five workforce, I would like back to complete nine to five. I would want a hybrid. I think like two days a week or a week in the office and then the other days at home, but there's also a whole nother part of this that is like I enjoyed work from home because I was able to also work on my side hustle when no one knew what I was doing (laughs) yeah no and that's totally fair I just have experience like just being a recruiter and having to deal with candidates 
I mean, well, first of all, my company is fully remote to begin with. So hybrid isn't an option, but right. it's just data that like has been brought out to LinkedIn, but you're right. There are some people that do like the hybrid model. And I totally get why there are people who do want to leave their house and they don't want their house to also feel like they're on office. They, they need that separation. Um, and I agree that's really important. So yeah, it does vary. To, it does vary from person to person. I know. I just know for me personally, hybrid work is something that even I don't want anymore just because totally. I, I just struggle it's to get up in the awareness. Yeah, exactly. Out what works for you. Exactly. And it's like, I just realized like commuting for me would just be so bad for my quality of life. Cause I remember how it just waking up early just to catch a train. Cause I rely on public transportation a ton. It's exhausting. Yeah, completely. You have to figure out what work style works best for you. And honestly, nowadays, no matter what your company says, I feel like you can kind of negotiate your own work style. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I know we're kind of running close to time. So I did have like one more question for you um, for this conversation. So we all know after this whole talk, like self-care is so important. And obviously, I believe that everyone should have some form of self-care. What would you say is the biggest piece of advice for someone who does not know how to manage self-care or establish a self-care routine? What do you think is the best piece of advice that you could give to someone to help them establish a self-care routine that works for them? I think when it's most difficult is when you don't have something that works for you yet. So as I was mentioning before, trying everything because then once you find that one thing that makes you want to get up the next morning and do it because it made you feel so good you'll want to be consistent with it and then on a more specific note in terms of like how to keep up with it I actually just taught my boyfriend to start putting it in his google calendar every morning so it says he literally last night I was watching him was putting meditate every morning at 7 a.m and then work out at 8 a.m and he would put the workout that he was specifically going to do within the workout description. So I think sometimes depending on, you know, your style, I know some people like scheduling things out makes them more anxious for me. It makes me feel more calm because I feel like I have a plan and things in place. And if on Sunday I put every morning meditate or maybe it's stretch or maybe it's go for a walk, listen to a podcast, or maybe it's make a smoothie, like whatever it is that works for you and starts your morning off great putting it in your calendar every day for me makes me feel calmer. Yeah. Just in general, I have 18,000 jobs. I have things floating around my head all day long. So I like need to get them on paper or get them somewhere or I'm more anxious. So that works for me. But if that's not your style, I think just every single, if you don't have a routine yet or something you love yet, try something new every week. So like for this week, maybe you're trying out a 10 minute guided meditation every morning. Next week, maybe you're trying out waking up and stretching. The week after, maybe you're trying out a green celery juice in the morning. Like whatever it is, I think you just have to really try things out. And then I promise naturally and organically, it'll come and you'll want to be consistent with it. Because if you find something that really changes your mental state or changes your physical state or whatever it might be, you're going to want to keep doing it. Yeah, no. And that's important. And I'm glad you mentioned like trying new things because everybody has interest, right? Even your own hobbies can be a good start to self-care because it's something, absolutely. because it's something that you absolutely love. It helps you get up in the morning. You're excited. You're looking forward to that. It probably makes you feel less anxious when you're doing what you enjoy. 
And I think that's probably like what I would add on to that is think as like your hobby as like the start to that and then figuring out like how can you create a routine around your passions and your interests so it helps you feel more complete and whole throughout the week. Yeah. And setting yourself up for that. So it's not just scheduling it in, but maybe if cooking or baking is your hobby and makes you feel your best every Sunday, find your favorite recipes, get inspired Mm -hmm. and buy all the ingredients so that you have, you don't have to worry about not having the time to like go shopping during the week, but you have all the ingredients on Sunday, you know, what day you're making what, and then you're setting yourself up for success. So at the end of the day, you have something to look forward to. You get to bake that new recipe because you know, you already have everything and you're excited to do it. Yeah, I think time management plays a big role into self-care. I thankfully have been very good about managing my time, just like you who needs to have a calendar or a planner. Like I have like a regular planner that you actually write in. And then I have a Google calendar that I rely on. So I rely on my Google calendar for my job. I also have a Google calendar for my podcast. And I also have to add like my regular life onto my podcast calendar now. So people don't accidentally book time with me when I'm like, oh shit, I have something going on at that time. I need to block that now. So that's something that I have to do now more consistently because the fact that I have ramped up my podcast again and I'm getting more guests and I need to make sure that that aligns with my regular life. So no conflicts arise. Yeah, I believe in the importance of scheduling and time management. And that's another thing that I would tell people is like finding time blocks that work for you and planning out your days more. I promise like it will literally make everything so much better. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. Well, so I know like we're kind of at the end, but Jen, this has been such a great conversation and it's been such a breath of fresh air having you on and sharing more about like the importance of health of self, I was about to say healthcare. I'm like, well, healthcare is important, but <laughs> that's important, <laughs> but self-care and why people should have this routine, why people should find something that works for them to help them live their best bowl lives. Cause that's basically what this whole podcast is all about. So if people wanted to find you and learn more about you and your content, where can they find you? Well, first of all, thank you for this because I have been struggling a little bit the last few days, just not having a great few days for literally no reason other than overwhelm and podcasting is something that lights me up. So thank you for this opportunity. Absolutely. Um, where can you find me? So my Instagram is Jen underscore Lauren with two N's. All of my links in the world are in that bio, but my YouTube channel is Jen Lauren. My podcast is dare to self care. My podcast Instagram, if you want to get a taste of like some quick clips before you fully dive in, is Dare to Self Care Pod. And then you can find everything under the sun on jenlaurenmedia.com. Awesome. And y'all, I will have all of those links to her social media handles and podcast handles in the description. So with that, if you are ever interested in sharing your unapologetic experience with me, make sure you do email the podcast at shamelesslyunapologeticpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at shamelesslyunapologetic. Jen, thank you so much again for being here. And with that, I will see you next week with a brand new episode. Bye.